Good morning. Happy Easter and Resurrection Sunday. Great to have you with us this day. And glad we've decided to come together and celebrate our Lord's death and resurrection. Uh, if you would take out your bulletins, and we have a few announcements as we get started. Uh, as always, uh, there's a tear-off portion. If you're a guest to Mechanicsville Baptist, please fill that out on the blue side. Put it in the offering plate as it goes by. And if you have any questions, any things you'd like to know about Mechanicsville Baptist, we'd be glad to follow up with you and help you. And uh, we are just glad that you're here with us today if you're a guest. And if you're not a guest, we're glad you're here with us today as well. On the other side is the, uh, the yellow side, a place at the bottom for prayer requests. Anything you'd like us to pray for, just put it on the bottom, put it in the offering plate as well, as we'll pray each week uh, as a staff together for those needs. On the back are opportunities for the week, and you will notice that it is a little bit lighter than normal schedule. So no activities tonight, uh, no activities this week in the Family Life Center. Wednesday night activities are off, no basketball or volleyball and those kind of things. And uh, we will pick that back up next Sunday. And so uh, we do want to make mention to the teenagers. They are going to the White House this Thursday, leaving at 5 a.m., so pray for them before you go to bed. That's a better way to do it. You'll probably miss it. Um, but they help have a wonderful trip. Keep them safe. And uh, looking forward to a good week. I know schools are on spring break as well. So a uh, good week to have a week off of school, a week away from here, and we'll get back at it next Sunday. Um, any other announcements, Tim? All right. Well, anyway, we'll have our call to worship. And again, thank you for being here. Good morning. Aren't you so glad that we can be in the house of the Lord today to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I can't think of a better place to be. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'd like you, if you would, take your hymnals out and turn to number 270, if you haven't already. Christ the Lord is risen today. The choir is going to begin, and then Leslie Luck will make her way down for you to join us on verses 1, 2, and 4. And then she will seat you and we will conclude the number. Again, enjoy this wonderful day and let's celebrate the resurrection, not just today, but every day.
Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 7. For whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful people this day and each day as we celebrate your son's death and resurrection. Father God, we thank you that it is true, it is fact, and that you have proven to have victory over death itself and given us life through Christ Jesus our Lord. May we share in what your son has done for us. We cannot be more thankful this day. God, we thank you for the opportunity it is to come before you, to gather together as your children and worship your holy name. God, this Easter Sunday, may we be mindful of the presence of your Holy Spirit here with us, and may we bring you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory in which you deserve, and we give this service to you, and we ask you have your way. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
One of my favorite post-resurrection stories is found in Luke chapter 24, where the two men are making their journey back to Emmaus after the events of Good Friday, Saturday, and then the resurrection on Sunday. They were grieved because they did not believe at that time that Christ had risen. And Jesus joined them on the road, if you remember the story. And when he joined them on the road, they tried to tell him about the events of the past weekend. And he reminded them of the prophets. They still did not recognize him. Until he went into their home. And when, he, they went into, when they went into the home together and sat down and Jesus broke bread, they remembered. Jesus in the upper room made that the purpose of the celebration of his body and of his blood. When he said, after breaking bread... Do this in remembrance of me. And what better way than on Easter Sunday morning to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord than by remembering him. The sacrifice that he made. The scripture teaches us that on the same night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. And gave it to his disciples. And said, for as often as you eat this bread, you do show forth my death till I come. After receiving the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a body that was broken for his disciples and for us, he took the cup. It was a common cup. Something that they were very used to. Something ordinary that he made extraordinary by saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you drink it, remember me. The Apostle Paul reminds us of the significance of the bread and the cup when he says, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Good morning. We're going to stand and sing hymn number 273, Christ Arose. It says, Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified, is risen, taken from Mark 16, 6. When we sing the song, the verses, we're going to sing a little softer, a little slower. But when we get to the chorus, I want to hear you. Sing it out like you believe it. Up from the grave he arose. Let's stand. Oh. 
mine standing. Let us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we come here today to honor and praise you and to celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For he gave his life for us so that those who believe in him may have eternal life. And I pray that you will bless this offering and use it to further your kingdom by helping others learn more about him and how he will change your life forever. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.
Shall we pray? Eternal God, giver of all life, into your presence we bow on this day that you have given to us, recognizing the power of your love to redeem us. Coming to this place on this special day to celebrate the resurrection. Recognizing, Father, that the resurrection makes all the difference in our lives. Coming to terms with your grace and with your love as you have given your all so that we could live. Thank you for each person present in this room at this time. For those who were in the earlier service and in Sunday school. For we come today, Father, united in worship and praise and adoration for you. For in you is our hope and our everlasting love. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done in our lives. For the many blessings of life itself. For the hope that rests in knowing that we are given life. Abundantly now and eternal life in your presence. For those, Father, who are not with us today because of illness. For those who are hospitalized, at home recuperating from surgery. For those in rehab facilities, Father, we pray that you will bless them. And allow them to see a glimpse of your great love for them on this special day. Father, help us to remember that every day in your presence is a special day. For each day that we are given life, it is a gift from you. I pray, Father, that you will accept our gifts of praise. Help us, Father, to pray for those who are hurting, for those who are homeless and hungry, for those, Father, who need a Savior. Help us, Father, to find ways to reach people for Christ. Hearts are hardened and minds are made up, Father, but you can change minds and hearts. Make us your instruments. Make us your instruments of hope and peace and love in an evil world. We pray, Father, for our missionaries on this special day. We're thankful for their work here and around the world. We pray that you would bless them. As they go, Father, keep them ever before us in prayer and gifts. As they go where we are unable to go. To share the message that we share together today. Speak to us, Father, as we open your word. For in your word is the truth, and that truth can set us free. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Matthew's Gospel, verses 28, 1 through 10, as we look at his portrait of the resurrection story. I have told you before that each of the Gospel writers did not take pictures of the life and ministry of Jesus, but painted portraits of what they saw and how they interpreted what they saw. And so we look at Matthew's take on the story of the resurrection in verses 1 through 10 of chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guard shook for fear of him, and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly And tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples. Behold Jesus met them saying rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. William Faulkner's novel, The Sound and the Fury, tells the story of how the Compson family suffered heavily and how each family member reacted to the suffering. Mr. Compson put himself beyond the reach of suffering by means of a cynical philosophy and a decanter of whiskey. Mrs. Compson evaded her responsibilities through a nauseating self-pity and a convenient hypochondria. Quentin Compson committed suicide. His brother Jason put on the armor of callousness. Sister Candace reacted irresponsibly. And Benji did not react at all. Only one character in the novel, Dilsey, the housekeeper, could stand up to the sound and the fury of life with tenderness and courage. She was to the Compson family everything their mother should have been, and her presence alone prevented them from sinking into an even more complete state of collapse. There could be no more apt description of the Dilseys of the world than that which Faulkner gives them. Faulkner said of them, they endured. And Faulkner gives us a glimpse into the secret of their endurance. Dilsey's strength came from a powerful sermon from a preacher from St. Louis on Easter Day, 1928. Here was the promise that gave her hope and sustained her spirit in her fatigued and debilitated body. The 
preacher said, I see the resurrection and the light. I see the meek Jesus saying, they kill me that I shall live again. I died so those that see and believe shall never die. Beyond the darkness of Good Friday, Dilsey was able to see the light of Easter. The resurrection of Jesus belongs to the very foundation of Christian faith and proclamation. By resurrection, no New Testament writer simply sees a vision of Christ or a purely spiritual survival. They meant the bodily resurrection, whatever the transformation of that body may have been. The Gospels and Paul build faith upon something that happened on the third day, not the second or the fourth. The appearances were such as could be named and numbered, beginning on the third day and concluding on the day of ascension. And Christ's presence is with us today. Christ's presence is real because of the resurrection. If you have experienced the power of the resurrection, you know that we come here today to celebrate that power. We come recognizing that the love of God transcends and transforms us into something we could not be on our own. The secret of Christian stability is the resurrection. Actually, the symbol of Christianity is more an empty tomb than a cross. The empty tomb gives meaning to the cross. Were it not for the empty tomb, the cross would have been a tragedy. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary visited the tomb after the Sabbath and found it empty. It's interesting to note in Matthew it seems that the stone was not rolled away by the angel until the approach of the women. So understood the stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out but to let the women in. Isn't that God's plan for all of us? To let us in. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The detail that the angel sat upon the stone is probably an added note of triumph. The fear of the guards is a further reflection of the awesomeness of the event. The guards stood still as dead men. They were so frightened they couldn't leave the place. It was only right that the witnesses of Jesus' crucifixion and burial were also witnesses of His resurrection. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were the first to receive the news of the risen Lord and to encounter Him. They had been at the cross. They had been there when He was laid in the tomb. And now they received love's reward. They were the first to know the joy of the resurrection. We have been looking at the crowd at the cross these last few weeks. Part of the crowd at the cross was also at the empty tomb. They were witnesses of the resurrection, and so do we witness resurrection, the return to life, the defeat of death when we come together on this day. Witnessing the resurrection affirms the reality of resurrection. Max Licato in his book, Six Hours, One Friday, tells the story of a missionary in Brazil who discovered a tribe of Indians in a remote part of the jungle. They lived near a large river. 
The tribe was in need of medical attention. A contagious disease was ravaging the population and people were dying daily. A hospital was not too terribly far away across the river. But the Indians would not cross it because they believed the river to be inhabited by evil spirits. And to enter its water would mean certain death. The missionary explained how he had crossed the river and was unharmed, but they were not impressed. He then took them to the bank and placed his hand in the water. They still wouldn't go in. He walked into the water up to his waist and splashed water on his face. It didn't matter. They were still afraid to enter the river. Finally, he dove into the river, swam beneath the surface until he emerged on the other side. He raised a triumphant fist into the air. He had entered the water and escaped. It was then that the Indians broke into a cheer and followed him across. Isn't that what Jesus did? He entered the river of death and came out on the other side so that we might no longer fear death but find eternal life in Him. Whenever you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does the psalmist say? I will be with you. He is there. That is the beauty and the joy of resurrection. The proclamation of the angel to the women catches up two important elements in early Christian faith the empty tomb and the resurrection he is not here for he is risen although the empty tomb did not of itself convince friend or foe that Jesus was risen it was an important factor to friend and foe despite modern tendencies to obscure the point the resurrection was real The women were invited to see the place where Jesus had lain. But the real persuasion that Jesus was risen came only with his appearance to his followers. That's when they believed. Our Christian faith is built on the reality of the resurrection. It does not alone prove the deity of Christ, but it is consistent with it. Because Jesus is Lord, we can believe he is the resurrected Lord. But was the resurrection real? That's always the question that people face, that the world asks. But the resurrection is real, or why would you be here today? For some reason, God touched your life with the reality of the resurrection, and because of that, you come on this special day to celebrate. But this day in reality is no special than any other day in God's presence. Our Christian faith is built on the reality of the resurrection. Many scholars say that it is the best attested fact in history. Yet skeptics try to explain away the resurrection by saying the women went to the wrong tomb or that Jesus fainted and later revived or that the thieves stole his body, the disciples removed his body or the Roman or Jewish authorities took his body into their own custody. But why were their guards posted at the tomb if they didn't believe that something could happen. Those guards were there to keep someone from doing exactly what naysayers say they will do. And when the stone was rolled away, they stood there as dead men. They could not believe what they had witnessed. 
But the tomb was empty. Jesus was resurrected and set loose in the world. In John Maysfield's drama, The Trial of Jesus, there is a passage in which Loginus, the Roman centurion in command of the soldiers at the cross, comes back to Pilate to hand in his report on the day's work. The report is given. Then Procula, Pilate's wife, beckons the centurion and begs him to tell her how the prisoner died. When the story has been told, she suddenly asks, Do you think he is dead? No, lady, Longinus answers, I don't. Then where is he? she asked. Let loose in the world, lady, where neither Roman nor Jew can stop his truth, is his answer. Witnessing the resurrection gives witness to the resurrection. That the women were to tell his disciples implies that they were yet in Jerusalem. The fact that only the Sabbath had intervened since the crucifixion would in part account for their not already having returned to Galilee because they would not travel on the Sabbath. Knowing that the resurrection is real, what are we to do? Tell others. Notice the angels told the women... To go quickly and tell in verse 7 of chapter 28. The first declaration of the resurrection was a call to action. Go quickly, tell. This is the kind of news that you do not keep to yourself. Sit with a family in the waiting room of a hospital with a desperately sick child. When the physician comes to say that the crisis has passed and the child will live, you do not just quietly continue to sit there. You run down the hall to find the mother. You go to the coffee shop to find the uncles and aunts. You rush to the telephone to call the grandparents. There is some news that you do not keep to yourself. In the world we live in, there is some news that should be kept to yourself. The resurrection is that kind of news. News that gives courage. Fear not. News that gives assurance. He is not here. News that gives joy with great joy. This is the news that gives life. Witnessing the resurrection reminds us of the greatest witness. Changed lives. As the woman ran in fear and great joy, Jesus himself met them. It was Jesus who met them. The name employed, look at that, the name employed being that of the one whom they had known in the flesh. They called him Jesus. Jesus and the risen Lord were one and the same to Matthew and to the other New Testament writers. The resurrection is not just something that happened to the faith of the disciples. It was something that happened first to Jesus. Carefully note the change in the men who followed Jesus at the close of the Gospels and the opening of the book of Acts. Notice particularly Peter and James. You see, once the resurrection gets a hold of you, once you accept it as reality in your life and you receive the witness of the resurrection, your life is changed. That is evidence of the resurrection. Your life. Peter had denied the Lord three times. He had cursed and sworn as though he had never known the restraining influence of Jesus. He had gone out and wept bitterly and he joined the other disciples behind closed doors after Jesus died. But then turn over 
about two pages in your Bible, depending on the size of your Bible. And you will see him standing outside the upper room of the Last Supper, preaching Christ boldly. He defied the same Sanhedrin that had condemned Jesus to death. And he slept at peace in his jail cell the night before he was to be executed. What changed Peter? What made Peter a different person? The power of the resurrected Christ. Because Peter had been with Jesus for practically his entire earthly ministry. But until the resurrection, Peter lived in fear. But after the resurrection, something changed in Peter's life. That same thing changes your life. James later assumed a position of leadership in the Jerusalem church. But in Jesus' lifetime, he had difficulty believing in him. After the resurrection, this earthly brother of the Lord was transformed from a doubter into a believer. Just as Simon Peter was turned from fear to courage. Lives are changed by the resurrected Lord. This is the greatest assurance of the resurrection in our lives. We have met the resurrected Christ and He has changed us. And if He has not changed you, then you don't understand why we are here today. The power of the resurrection changed your life. And when it does so, there is no doubt in your mind... That you will know the truth because that truth has set you free. The call to worship had just been pronounced starting Easter Sunday morning service in an East Texas church. I'm sure it was hot. The choir started its processional singing what we sung earlier. It's probably why Linda picked it. Where'd Linda go? Up from the grave, he arose. As they marched in perfect step down the center aisle to the front of the church, the last lady was dressed out in her finest for Easter. And she was wearing shoes with very slender heels. Without a thought for her fancy heels, she marched toward the grating that covered the hot air register in the middle of the aisle. I've been in churches like that. You may have too, where the grating is in the middle. Suddenly the heel of one shoe sank into the hole in the register grate. In a flash she realized her predicament. Not wishing to hold up the whole processional without missing a step, she slipped her foot out of her shoe and continued marching down the aisle limping all the way. There wasn't a hitch. The processional moved with clock-like precision. The first man, after he spotted the situation, without losing a step, reached down while still singing up from the grave. He arose and pulled up her shoe, but the entire grate came with it. (laughs) Surprised but still singing, the man kept on going down the aisle, holding his hand in his hand, the grate with the shoe attached. Everything still moves like clockwork. Still in tune and still in step. The next man in line stepped into the open register and disappeared from sight. (laughs) The service took on a special meaning that Sunday. For just as the choir ended with hallelujah, Christ arose, a voice was heard under the church shouting, I hope all of you are out of the way because I'm coming out. (laughs) 
a little girl closest to the aisle shouted, Come on, Jesus, we'll stay out of the way. Jesus met his disciples and claimed those who had so miserably failed him in his hour of greatest suffering and need. He charged them to follow him and listen to his commands. Jesus did not mean for his disciples to stay out of the way. He meant for them to get in the way with grace and mercy to show other people the way, the truth, and the life. And He charges us. He gives us a job to do. And by the power of the resurrection gives us the power to do it. For in the resurrection rest all of our hopes. All of our tomorrows. And all of the chances we will have to see our loved ones in the Lord who have gone before us. Paul understood that when he said, O grave, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death has been removed by the resurrection. And on this special day, April Fool's Day, this is no April Fool. We are witnesses of the resurrection as we experience his power and presence in our lives. Jesus comforted the women with these words in verse 10. Do not be afraid. Hear it? Do not be afraid. Go and tell. Shall we pray? Oh, gracious Lord, we are so thankful for this day. For it is a day that gives us opportunity to celebrate the power of your love for us through the resurrected Christ. Thank you. For each person who has taken their time on this day to pause and to celebrate. Accept our praise and our adoration for your love shown to us. Help us, Father, to come to terms with the resurrection in our personal lives. Help us, Father, to lead others to Christ. So that they too can know the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Speak to us in this time of invitation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. On this day, an invitation is easy to give. The empty tomb is our invitation to come to Christ. If you have never received Christ as Lord and Savior, seek Him. Admit your sins. Ask for forgiveness. Give your life to Jesus. 
the invitation is open to anyone who would do so. Whatever is on your heart, as we stand and sing our invitation hymn, number 449, Because He Lives.
224 in the first service this morning, and we had a young lady make a profession of faith, and I wanted to share that with you, so we'll be having a baptism uh, here in the next uh, few weeks uh, or months, depending on how we can work out her schedule to do so, but we were delighted for that this morning, and I'm grateful that you've come today. There are always families that come together at Easter, and I'm thankful that you take time out of your day uh, celebrating with one another and eating and all the other things you do to come together and worship in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this special day. Um, The church office is closed tomorrow, but we'll reopen on Tuesday. I will be out all week. I'm uh, uh, going on vacation uh, after I say amen, to tell you the truth, and um, (laughs) heading southwest, going towards Nashville. We'll end up in Franklin, Tennessee tomorrow, uh, visiting with my in-laws, Janet's parents, so pray for us, and we'll be back um, at the end of the week, and then we have another little trip we're going to take, and so I won't see you next Sunday, but Dwight will be preaching. So I expect all of you to come back next Sunday to hear Dwight, okay? Um, The other thing, this is Benevolent Sunday, uh, as is our custom. Each first uh, Sunday of the month, we receive an offering for benevolence needs in our community, so if you are so inclined to give, there will be deacons at the door to receive your offering. Let's bow for a benediction. Gracious and eternal God, as we depart on this day that you have given to us, we do so rejoicing in the power of the resurrection to transform our lives. May we take that transformation in our lives and tell others so that they too will know of your grace and of your mercy and of your love in redemption. As we depart today, Father, May we ever be mindful that we are here because you have given us life. Bless us as we depart in the name of Jesus. Amen.